0: East Durham College. Business Bites.
1: In business, for business. Do you live in County Durham or its surrounding areas? Are you fed up with your existing role at work? Or do you have a business that you need to future proof? If you don't know where to start to access training for you, your colleagues, or your business, East Durham College can point you in the right direction. Find out about our services, our staff programmes and expertise in this podcast series. Make sure you press follow now to not miss an episode. In business, for business. East Durham College, Business Bites.
2: East Durham College, Business Bites. In business, for
0: business.
1: Hello and welcome to the next episode of the East Durham College Business Bites podcast. My name's Sarah Jolly and I'm the Business Development Manager here at East Durham College and today I'm joined by Emma Norbury and Hayley Clifton. These ladies are our Business Development Officers here at East Durham College. Thanks for joining us ladies. I know we're both on podcast number two with us here as part of the East Durham Business Bites podcast series and I just thought it would be wise today to have a little bit of an update session with you both. Um, so, again, for those people who might never have listened to your previous episode, Emma, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself first?
2: Um, yeah, so my name's Emma Aubrey. I'm a business development advisor here at East Durham College. been here for nine years now, um, and the role just sort of includes working with businesses around the North East to fulfil their training needs, whether that's via apprenticeships or funded training. Perfect. Hayley?
1: My role...
0: Oh, so old.
2: <laughs> Told you I weren't in the mood today.
0: <laughs> so my name's Hayley Clifton. I'm also a business development advisor here at the college. Um, my role really mirrors... Emma's, although we do have our own specialisms, whereas I look after land-based and a lot of our business areas. Emma's main focus, obviously, is the engineering, as she spoke about in the first podcast, but we kind of share everything else in between. So
1: basically, that's it. We do the same job. But running in tandem. Tandem. Yes. The dynamic duo mm-hmm. of the workforce development team.
2: Something like that. <laughs> <coughs> On a good day. Yeah.
1: Well, I just thought really it was worthwhile us getting together. Obviously, we are coming up to the end of October now and we know that these um, last couple of months have been super busy for us in the workforce development team. Um, and I know, obviously, from you both that actually during this kind of peak time it can it can kind of throw forward a few challenges that not just only we might face but also some of the employers in the businesses that we work with might face. So I just thought it would be worthwhile having a bit of a chat around Some of those, because there has been a few significant changes. Um, The first one that does spring to mind is things like the digital service, because there's been some changes around that, very much for an an employer's point of view. Um, How have you both experienced the changes with regards to things like authentication and the likes of? How about you, Hayley?
0: Well, I'll be honest. The digital digital service, as it was, changed over to OneGov. So that in itself, for some of the employers, especially remote. Remote employers, um, smaller one, smaller kind of groups, um, especially in the rural areas, have found it extremely difficult for the change. The initial, um, inception of the digital service was hard enough for them, but now this new. OneGov accounts um, come along and they just don't know what to do. It's very, very difficult. So on top of our work, myself and Emma's work, we've just tried our hardest to to, to help these employers through. And it's, it's not just small employers. Some of them um, the larger employers have really struggled with a crossover to OneGov. Mm-hmm. And... The authentication's changed, it's double authenticated now so it's not even as if myself and Emma can help them by being in their account with them because we can't authenticate so it's just become very, very employer focused and my, I can only speak for my employer's. I would say eighty percent of the uh, of them found it extremely difficult to navigate.
1: Yeah, would you have the same experience, Emma? Yeah,
2: yeah I would say it's been the same for my employers as well. It, it hasn't been an easy process to switch everyone over, and I think the frustration from a lot of employers was that, oh, well, we've already set this up before and they have Mm. Um, and then the government have changed it and now we have to do it again Um, so it hasn't necessarily been an easy process and it also came at a really terrible time of year because obviously the majority Mm -hmm. of our apprenticeships were starting in September and they changed the system over in September Um, if they couldn't have waited till Christmas or something like that could they just to make life a little bit easier for everyone Um, so yeah it just came at the peak time so it has been a bit of a difficult one
1: yeah I mean I know I think we've both seen experiences with employers where you know like you've mentioned there Hayley with the double authentication and they've been on holiday Mm -hmm. and you've got a potential time zone difference where they're getting a a, a code through on their phone but they're in a different time zone so it's not coming through straight away and then they've obviously then kind of they've they've gone out of expiration by that point by the time we get them um do you feel that this is something and obviously we know that this is is here for good it's not going to change but do you feel that actually as businesses utilize and and use the digital apprenticeship more do you think they'll kind of get used to this new system
0: honestly no Mm. it's very difficult it's difficult for us that do it every day we i mean we can only access now as i say we can't see other people's accounts so what we try to do is have our onegov account open and try and talk an employer through what they're seeing, but of course ours is completely different. We are a much bigger organisation, we have a levy employer, where I could be talking to um, a stable yard that has one employee. Yeah, So it's very, very different, the screens are very different, and they just find it extremely confusing. Yeah. I mean, we can go and we can go and visit and help them best we can, but as you said, the timeframes for these things, especially within reservations, is so strict mm-hmm. that
1: it's got to, it's, kind of got to be done there and then yeah so really is that the only kind of choice then is is literally going out to almost walk people through this new process
2: yeah absolutely um i think as well more so for levy employers so for anyone that doesn't know a levy paying employer is whereby they're a large organization and they pay um a fee essentially every month that goes into like a training pot and that money can only be spent on apprenticeship training Um, So for those larger employers, I think the account works quite well because they will need to keep a track of how much money they've got available and how much money they've got to spend and what they're spending. For smaller employers who are only taking on one apprentice every year or every two years or every three years, it's not relevant for them. The service doesn't work like it should for them. um, And to be honest with you, I think that they just find it a bit of a hindrance and we have to support them with that um, because they don't have the time to sit and do it themselves. And I also think that they also feel a little bit like, why am I having to do this? Because it is a bit of Mm -hmm. a pain in the backside. Yeah. And I think you're
1: right, because we all know that, you know, SMEs, we have a a large amount of those here um, in our geographical vicinity here in East Durham. But also we know that if you are running your own business and you haven't got a huge workforce behind you, actually you're not time rich, funnily enough. And actually time is of the essence. So I can imagine my people can feel the real frustration when they can't get something to work, that that apparently is easy. Mm-hmm. But as we were in practice, not so easy. Mm-hmm. Um, just thinking of other challenges then, because we know, and again, we've got experience of this in the last few months um, for both sides of, of our business, so very much in, in your sector, specialisms Emma, um, and in Haley's. Um, we know that there are a lot of business challenges around redundancies at the moment, mm-hmm. um, which obviously... I don't think necessarily. I was as I was, I guess, aware that they were going to be so prevalent at the moment because we know that recruitment. Anybody who listens to this podcast series knows we talk about recruitment a lot. Um, but we've actually seen some of our vacancies, unfortunately, have to be closed because yeah. those businesses are are trimming their their staff. I mean, what do we think about that?
2: unfortunately it's just one of those things that we have to come up against in this industry and it's not very nice when it happens um but we do provide sort of redundancy support for apprentices in trying to find them another employer um and also helping those businesses navigate that as well um but yeah unfortunately it's just something that happens
0: i i do find though that this time of year is quite common is it yeah i find it especially in in my industry areas obviously a lot of my specialisms are weather dictated. Mm-hmm. So we find in the winter months, obviously, we've gone to um, daytime saving hours. Yeah, We've moved to that now. So yes, that's fine for the next couple of weeks. But once those very, very dark early mornings, very, very early evening nights set in, they're limited as to what they can do. So unfortunately the apprentice will then not meet the 30 hours a week benchmark. And then that's kind of a role on the the person they're employed by, can't afford to pay them for the 30 hours because they're not doing the work. So it's just kind of, it's like a snowball effect. But I have seen redundancies um, over the years since I've worked here. A, it, a lot happens when we've had redundancies here at the college. It always happens around this time mm-hmm. of year. Mm-hmm.
1: And I just think that's a bit strange just before Christmas. Yeah. And I guess, I mean, like I say, we've talked to quite a lot of businesses doing this podcast series. And I don't think there's anybody ever says that recruitment is easy at the moment. Oh, no. I don't think anybody's ever said that. Um, I think what quite is is interesting with recruitment is um, a lot of the time is, is, you know, people want great people to come into their business who are enthusiastic, who've got, you know, all of those people skills that they want, but actually they might not have every skill for that job role now I know between us again and, and I think this is, is a is a great way of pivoting as you've both been very very good at this uh, in, in our workforce development team is looking at if if the apprenticeship isn't necessarily the right thing for that business we've also found other bits of training that people have been able to access with potentially other funded pots of money mm-hmm. um, and I think what's really good about you guys is when you do talk to a business they might come to you with a particular business-related problem, let's say. But what you're able to do is to take that problem, come away and have a look to see what kind of training is more suitable as a solution to that problem. Because, again, that's happening a little bit more now at the moment, isn't it? Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that it's not a sort of one-size-fits-all approach. It's not always going to be an apprenticeship is the answer um so we have to look at what that business needs and how we can support with that we've um had a company inquiry recently whereby they needed some it was just sort of specialist training and a little bit of kit but they couldn't find anywhere else in the northeast that was doing it and they were sending members of staff to Birmingham to complete this training um Mm -hmm. so things like that we need to sort of be adaptable to be able to help these companies and obviously in, in return that builds a relationship with them
1: yeah, definitely. I think, you know, I, I would definitely, I, I you would expect me to say this to our listeners, but I see firsthand when you're able to give great advice to the employers that you work with. I know Haley and I had had a conversation um, with a particular nursery um, a couple of weeks ago who were thinking of the apprenticeship route for somebody, but actually doing a specific course was more suitable for that person, yeah. wasn't it?
0: Mm-hmm. For both the business and the individual, I think I, think I know which one you're talking about, but absolutely. Sometimes an apprenticeship isn't the way. Sometimes people aren't as academically capable as they are practically capable, and I don't think they should be ostracised for that from kind of training to progress in that particular industry. So yes, we will go out of our way to find alternative options where we can to, number one, benefit the business, but predominantly... The because student, the students are where our um,
1: heart is, if yeah, you will. Yeah, that is so true. Um, I think what's interesting as well, I mean, I know, again, with regards to our portfolio here at Easterham, obviously that's seen some significant changes as well over these last six months um, with some new programmes in our portfolio. Um, and I'm talking more so about the apprenticeship portfolio here. Um, you know, how have you both experienced... Let's think of the flip side and think of the positives here. People really being organised and getting their stuff together to get their workforce on, you know, progression routes and things. You've seen that more, so I think, over the last few months than maybe ever before.
2: Yeah, in certain industries, yeah, I would agree so. Um, But again, I think that is companies... Now it tends to be companies who are apprenticeship levy payers and they've got this money to spend on training now. So potentially they didn't have that in the past, whereas now it's like mandated. Um, so now they're looking at developing their existing workforce, definitely.
1: Yeah, so they don't want to lose it. Use so, it or lose it. Yeah. Um, do you think what's, um, a, again, again a challenge, I guess, from an education point of view, do you think those levy payers know that if they don't use it, they lose it? So I do now. I've made sure of it. Mm-hmm.
0: because a lot of them, I think a lot of them still feel like that's their money and at the end of the financial year they can just pop that back in their, in their coffers but they can't, it just goes, away it goes, back to government to pay for different various things, mm-hmm. um, but use it or lose it is the is the key but just going back to the um use of the levy and non, non-levy payers mm-hmm. and progressions I've had a record year this year of progressions, particularly around the land-based services, but pure and simply because we've broadened our portfolio in that area. yeah. So we are able to offer that as an alternative, um, both with local and national employers have, have have moved and gravitated towards us because of what we can offer in that way. So for yeah. me, it's been a fantastic year for me already, and it, what are we in?
1: November? Yeah, just about, yep. Stand on your tiptoes, Money There. Um, I think what's also quite interesting as well is, you know, do we feel that businesses are starting to invest a bit more in their stuff because they don't want to lose anybody, um, or are you getting a bit of mixed reviews there? Oh, we, we've got some faces here. We think we not so much.
0: It's it's, it's total mixed. mixed reviews for me. Right. Depending on which sector you're in, okay. there are some sectors where, unfortunately, progression isn't at the heart of that organisation. Mm-hmm. It's in and out. In and out, in and out, in and out, and I I see that as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, it is a flip side of a coin. You're quite right. So, but there is a flip side to everything. Where there's a yin, there's a yang. So there are some employers who really want them to come to come through the chain, They might have an aged workforce or whatever it is. But then there's other employers that just want them in and out. Yeah, in and out. And it, so it's just a, a continual churn. Yeah. So yeah, I would. That's what, what I feel. What, what about, about you? you?
2: Yeah, I would agree. I definitely would agree because you will get some employers who even before they've taken on their first apprentice will say right well they've got sort of grand ideas of where they want this person to go so they'll do the first year in this and then they'll progress to this and then up and up and up whereas you might find that you find in another organization that they literally just want them for that particular role and there isn't the progression opportunity there Mm -hmm. and as Hayley said when they've completed that year they'll look for the next person yeah Um. it totally depends i think it depends on your industry i think it depends on the organization and their sort of um what's the word requirements yeah requirements values all that Mm -hmm. sort of thing Mm -hmm.
1: because i know we've spoken to a a couple of businesses who have even aligned some of their peer structures to Mm -hmm. people you know getting further qualifications progressing onto next level Mm -hmm. training i mean would you see that as a really positive thing do you think both of you yeah definitely for me yeah
2: Mm -hmm. definitely it's a carrot for them to dangle isn't it if you want to progress in this organization we will pay you accordingly but then you also need to do the qualification to match what you're doing in your job role and i think that that's a really good incentive for people Yeah, I
1: think if you haven't even thought about that, it's definitely worth consideration, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Now, let's have a little bit of a think of the future. So we are hurtling towards Christmas, um, as we know. Mm -hmm. Um, What things are you both looking forward to? Christmas in general. (laughs) (laughs) Two weeks off. (laughs) Well, that—that that is a... (laughs) You and your new Christmas jumpers. (laughs) (laughs) What's on the horizon for you both? What are you looking forward to?
2: Um, So in terms of work... um, Normally, to be totally honest with you, normally it quietens down a little bit over Christmas, but it's not going to this year um, because we've got some big numbers coming in from organisations who are doing like batches of staff upskilling. Um, and also we work in conjunction with the NHS to provide their mortuary technician apprentices um, and they kick off every every January, so that means that in December... I am working with um, NHS staff who want to sign up to do their mortuary technician um, apprenticeship for January. So, no quiet December for me anymore. Oh, (laughs) but that sounds exciting, though. Yeah, it's quite interesting. Because would this be the
1: second raft of the mortuary technicians coming through It is, yeah, it is. And they're based
2: all over the country. So, the the NHS trust that we work with is North Tees and... um, the gentleman there who um, runs the programme, he's seconded to us to do the delivery of the apprenticeship and um, he delivers it online for NHS trusts up and down the country and they do all of their learning online and then they'll come up to North East Hospital every so often and do some practical sessions and then off they go back into their workplace again. Fantastic.
1: And I guess Haley, you see more seasonal changes, especially within the the land-based specialty that you've got?
0: Seasonal changes for me, a lot of winter works go on I mean, in golf clubs, believe it or not golf clubs are busy over the Christmas period prep, renovation, same with with turf Um, again though, it's going to be as Emma said normally it kind of dips off at Christmas time, but this year again We've introduced with the introduction of the new facilities um, operative qualifications, we've got again with an NHS trust, uh, Northumbria. Mm-hmm. And we're working with them to um, try and help recruit, supply, and deliver the training for them on that facilities. So it's exciting times. We are moving into into the NHS. We are moving further and further into local and um, local councils. Yeah, local, local and county. I should say, local and county councils, newest one being Middlesbrough. Yeah, so we're doing quite a lot of work. So it just seems to be like we are going to be quite, we are going to be busy right up until we finish on the twenty
1: second, I believe it is. Yeah, it'll be here before we know it won't be. Yep. But I think if nothing else, it is absolute testament to the work that you're putting in. Um, but also, I think as well, it's testament to the great results that you're getting from your current employers. It's nice when people are recommending you to other people it's nice to be able to go to some of the events that we've been to over the last few months and really be able to wax lyrical about some of the businesses that we're working with so thank you both for joining us today it's been a really really great insightful conversation i'm excited for the things that are to come for our workforce development team and if you would like more information about our training solutions or you'd like emma or haley just to pop out and see you um, do drop us an email at business at eastderham.ac.uk. so thanks so much for listening and if you'd like to get our next episode straight to your feed just give us a follow east derham college business bites in business for business